everybody, what's up? It is Josh here from the Molten Meeple, and tonight on Journeys to Board Gaming, I have with me Mike Henson. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, Josh? Glad to be here. Um, you might know Mike from Elf Creek Games. Um, you can see I got Merchants of the Dark Road here, Honey Buzz. Uh, I have more, uh, I think, uh, Atlantis Rising's over there somewhere. I had it. I was going to try to put it up there, too, but I don't. I don't have a whole lot of room. Yeah, there's not not a lot of room, especially with the big uh, collection of too many bones right up there. You <laughs> yeah, gotta, not, you got to keep that in the calyx. Well, yeah, I'm not I'm not moving that thing. It's too heavy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, Mike is from Elf Creek. He makes some makes some really good games. Um, I don't know if any of you've played uh, Honey Buzz or Merchants, but uh, they're two of my favorite games the last couple years, and um, especially with Atlantis too. I got to give it to you guys. You your components are top notch. Thanks. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely one of the things that we are known for is our uh, component quality and really just the table presence of our games. Yeah, yeah. Merchants is I like I like the 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 way the board is set up too. You know, I've I've talked to you before about you know that's made that way so that the uh, you know some expansions maybe can fit in there here and there, but. Uh, it's cool how that kind of modular board puzzles together and everything. Yeah, it was uh, it was something that we were kind of spitballing and we didn't know if it was going to work. And uh, I think it's uh, it's worked out pretty well. Uh, that and uh, also the magnet that's in the in the board that was one of the oh, things yeah. that we weren't a hundred percent on, but it it works super well with that game. Yeah, that's for the. Uh for the market thing up there. That's pretty neat. And it, and it sticks in there pretty good, but it spins nice yeah. and easy. It, it, yeah. Like you said, it turned out really well. Yeah. I'm really happy with how that production ended up. All right. So we are going to, uh, to get into, uh, Mike's story here and figure out how um, you might notice that his, his video is not there. We had a little, some technical difficulties trying to, uh, get everything started today, but get that nice, sweet picture of Mike there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we, we've we talked about it a little bit, but uh, what, what do you do for your day job? So, my day job, I am the Director of Operations uh, at Elf Creek Games. Um, for anybody that wonders what being a Director of Operations is, uh, I also wonder that. Uh, it's really <laughs> just uh, being the day-to-day -day operator. Um of Elf Creek Games. Uh, I also deal with the fulfillment and logistics side and um, do a lot of the play testing and uh, development on our games. Sweet. So, um, yeah, it's you. You and Brent do most of the most of the stuff there. Uh, yep. We uh, we also have a customer experience manager, uh, Monique, uh, and uh, they are doing a great job. You know, we've uh, we've been kind of backed up with our, our customer emails and whatnot. But uh, whenever you're growing at the size and the speed that we're growing, you kind of get a little some growing pains, and that's uh, that that happens for almost every company. So. Oh yeah, and with Heather doing the uh, the customer stuff there at Chip Theory, I I I know you know the kind of stuff you guys get and. I don't know, it doesn't seem like, like if you don't have a new game or a new uh, a Kickstarter going or something like that, it seems like, oh, there shouldn't be that much stuff, but there's there's just always stuff coming in. 
yep, there's always stuff coming in and then always stuff that needs to be shipping out of our, uh, our fulfillment centers. Uh, so there's always something going on. And if you don't have a Kickstarter game or a game currently on Kickstarter, then you're probably developing one to get onto Kickstarter uh, or just to release. So there's never a down day, uh, except for maybe uh, the day after a convention, whenever we can kind of take a deep breath and kind of relax a little bit. Yeah, that's uh, and that for me is just just working, you know, helping with chip theory and when I helped with uh, Skybound and stuff like that. Those days are not much of a an off day either because it's like you don't feel like doing anything and you just like either sleep or just veg out or like trying to decompress. Right. Yeah, and with most of our team, um, especially Monique, whenever they're uh, traveling back from a convention, uh, they're in Sacramento and uh, it's just the amount of time that's needed to recover from traveling uh, for a convention. Uh, we normally, you know, normally it's the, the next day is our travel day. And, you know, even even though you're just traveling, it still feels like, you know, you're, you're very far from home and you want to, you just want to get back and relax. Yeah, it's how I, right before a convention, I'm always super excited. I want to get there. Then you get there and you get into it, and then the next thing you know, it's over, and you're like, "Crap, what the heck happened?" And then you're right. like, "I just want to get home and like sit in my couch or you know, get in my bed." And yeah, and that's like that's something that um, in April, you know, I went to two different shows, and in May, I'm going to two different shows. Uh, one of them is our hometown convention, or at least. Uh, Brent and I, our hometown, we are from the St. Louis area, and Geek Away to the West is next week. So uh, I don't get to sleep in my own bed, but I get to sleep in uh, at my dad's house, which is right outside of St. Louis. So it'll be good to kind of see him and my sister, and then also uh, it'll be good for Thor, my dog, um, because he loves spending time with my dad. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a good trip. Yeah, that's kind of like our origins this year. Um, since everything got moved last year, of course, I'm out of vacation days, so I have to work Thursday and Friday. I'm going to end up driving down Friday, I think, because it's only like an hour or so from here. Okay. I think I'm going to drive down Friday, spend the night Friday night, you know, hang out Saturday and see everybody, and then come back here Saturday night and get Link and maybe bring him down Sunday. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's good to be that close to conventions. Yeah. Uh, Those hometown ones are nice. Yeah. I mean, really for us, like the closest convention is Gen Con, which is a two hour drive. Um, so if we had to, in a pinch, if we had to drive from Champaign to Indy every day, we could, uh, that would be horrible. But <laughs> if it's necessary, it, we have the ability to do that. So, yeah, that's only about only about three for us. So, I mean, like you said, if we really, really had to, we could. But no, I don't want to. Right. <laughs> so, um, what did you do uh, before you kind of went full time into into the board game industry? So I went full time with Elf Creek. 
in, at the end of February of 2021. Uh, before that, I had worked for about 18 years in the IT field, um, mostly in doing over the phone customer service. Uh, the last three years, it was uh, kind of face-to-face, in-person uh, IT work for a real estate company in Champaign. Um, and I was doing that right whenever Elf Creek um, kind of started getting busy with uh, with the fulfillment within the, the trail um, and then also with Atlantis Rising with the Kickstarter. Um, it was kind of, it was fortuitous. I can't even talk all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> it, it was really a sign that I was able to get a job locally instead of having to commute 45 minutes each way uh, for work. Uh, when I did, because my last day at my job that I had to commute for was uh, was right before Gamma in 2018. So I had a week off, and I spent that entire week in Reno for Gamma. Um, and that was really helpful uh, just to kind of meet, you know, meet everybody that was there. I was able to talk to some distributors to kind of get the ball rolling on Atlantis Rising um, and was just really able to, to meet a lot of people in the industry, which, uh, which really helped out, you know, the beginnings at the beginning of our company. Yeah, um, I, I, I want to make it to Gamma one of these years, but I don't know, soon, soon. Well, uh, it's going to be closer to you. Um it's starting in 2024, so it'll be a little little easier to make it for you uh, to Louisville than to Reno. Oh. So. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely make there. And with, you know, Heather's boss being on the Gamma board and stuff. Yeah, that helps, too. That that yeah. helps, so should be it should be able to make it down there. Some guy yeah. named AJ's in the uh, chat, and I don't know who. Oh, what's <laughs> up, AJ? He said, how's Mike, how's Mike talking, but his picture isn't moving? Right. <laughs> It's the the wonders of uh, of computers, AJ. See, AJ, you've known Mike for how long, and you did not know he was a ventriloquist. It's been a while. <laughs> okay, so um, now let's get into your uh, a story on how you how you moved from. You know, we we talk so far on a lot of these episodes. You know, everybody played, you know, games like Monopoly and Life and Yahtzee and. And stuff like that when you were younger, but uh, how did you make that jump into you know the hobby games and some of the some of the heavier things? Okay. Um. Well, the easiest answer is through Brent. Um, I actually would come up to visit him in Champaign, uh, visit him and his fiance and now wife Amber. Um. And his friends, and I would never come up whenever they were role playing, but we would always play other games. Like we would, uh, we would play Carcassonne, we would play Betrayal uh, on House of the Hill, um, which is an amazing game. Uh, I, I like the legacy version of that game better than the the actual game, just because of the storytelling. Yeah, see, I need to get the legacy of that because we did play. 
that was one of our, you know, kind of earlier games too. And we liked it a lot. And then as we, you know, we moved in some of these other games, you kind of see some of the problems that it had, but we yep. also got the, uh, betrayal at Baldur's gate with the kind of D and D, you know, version of it, which fixed a lot of that stuff. And, and, uh, was fun, but we ne- we never did get into Legacy yet. Yeah, yeah, I, I would recommend it if you enjoyed if you enjoyed the first version and the Baldur's Gate version. I would I would definitely try the Legacy out, um, and I would probably I would recommend that at five players. Um, but yeah, just playing games whenever I'd come up and visit. I played Catan. You know, like most people, that was probably my first hobby game. <laughs> Um, and then once I moved up here in 2010, um, I bought Ascension, which it's an awesome game. I also bought uh, Dominion uh, Intrigue and Dominion, uh, Dominion Guilds and Hinterlands. So I got the deck building craze out of the way. And then after that, uh, a few years later, uh, all of us, uh, Brent, our friend Andy, and uh, myself, I think one, uh, or another friend uh, was involved too. We just decided, hey, let's get some of these hobby board games. And I remember one of the first games that I uh, bought was uh, Aquasphere from Stefan Feld. And it reminded me of the TV show Sequest that was from like back in the 90s. You know, the dude from Jaws, he was on there. And it was all about this you know, this lab under the sea. And it kind of, the, the theme of the board game kind of resonated, you know, resonated with me. Um, Brent got Terra Mystica. Um, let's just say that's a little heavier of a game than the Aquasphere. <laughs> uh, and then Andy got Agricola. So, like, those, those were, like, the first real, like, non-deck building hobby board games that we all kind of jumped into. Uh, and since then, you know, we're all collectors. Um, some collect more than others, of course, but that's typically how friend, uh, friend groups are. Um, yes, but yeah, yeah that's I'm that friend where, where we started. I'm that friend who, who collects more than the other ones. And the other guys are like, man, I want to play all those games. And I'm like, yeah, me too. I haven't played like a quarter of these. <laughs> Yeah, normally, uh, normally I'm the one who buys stuff, but I'm also close enough to AJ and okay. close enough to the funk, uh, to Derek, to where, you know, if I don't get the game, I know one of those two guys are going to get it. So, yeah, I think AJ gets almost everything. Well, between him and Derek, yeah. <laughs> um, so where, since you said Agricola, where where do you have you you've played Converna? I'm sure. I've played both. I owned Caverna. Um, I would say, prefer... where do you lie? Do you do you prefer uh, prefer Caverna or Agricola? Out of those two, um, I prefer Caverna just because it's not as punishing. Um, but I prefer two other uh, Uva games from back then over both of those games. Uh, my favorite game of all time is at the Gates of Luoyang. Uh, which is one of his economic games. You play as a farmer and you are bringing your crops to the gate 
of the city of Voyang and you're selling it to selling them to customers. Um, and then Lahav, mm. uh, which Lahav was really his next big one uh, after Agricola. Yeah, see, uh, Caverna is one of my favorite, like, you know, worker placement. You, you know, got you got your little tile laying stuff. And everybody's like, you know, Feast for Odin's great, which I have a Feast for Odin. It's, it's behind Merchants right here. Oh, I still okay. haven't got a chance to play it just because it's so big. And it's, I need to just, I've watched videos and, and read the book. I need to just sit down and like, all right, we're going to play this to play it. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's an intense game. Uh, I I like A Feast for Odin. Um, I played uh, Fields of Arl as well, which kind of has some similarities to A Feast for Odin. Um, but yeah, I mean, Uva's a great designer. Uh, I oh yeah, you know, just some games I really like that he did, and some games I don't. So we even have uh, New York Zoo right over there. Have you played that one yet? Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, it's it's tighter, and you know, quicker a quicker play. But yep. man, it's it's still it's still pretty fun. Yeah, it's it's tighter, and whenever you can have those animals, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially getting a Heather always calls them something different than what they are. Any kind of, oh, of course, I can animal see people like it. <laughs> So you got like the kangaroos and she's calling them. I don't even know what she, something else. And I'm sure she'll tell me here in the chat in a second, but, um, so yeah, so pretty much, um, you, you kind of have a similar story there where, um, as us is our buddy, um, opened up a kind of a board game lounge and he was mostly, Mostly into the escape room part of it, but he also loved board games, so he had like this board game lounge in the front. And when he was starting that up, he was like, "Hey, can we, can we come over and show you a game?" And you know, because I because he's gonna have to, you know, show people how to play and and stuff like that as they're waiting or you know coming to the board game lounge. And I was like, "Sure." So he brought over Scythe and taught it to yeah. us. And we played that, and then I'm like, that's, okay, whatever. What other uh, games do you have? Huh. But yeah, I, yeah, that was that was an intense game to to play for the first time. So <laughs> especially like you said, you know, we were playing, we were playing Ticket to Ride, we were playing some Catan. Um, I think me, Heather, and my son played a game of Risk one night that was like four hours long and like at the end i'm like let's just it's like somebody kill me please but uh you know we were playing games like that and then he brought over scythe and i'm like what 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 is this this is there's right. games like this out there yes right. there are <laughs> yeah and there's all kinds of them and they're great um heather said kangaroos or wallabies which i mean that's at least co uh close yeah, they're both marsupials so Good job, Heather. Oh, and then she reminds me of <laughs> uh, when we played Century Spice Road. So I don't, I don't even know what the regular spices are, but for for our family, it was taco meat, lettuce, cheese, and tomatoes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> because you had <laughs> the brown, red, 
you know, green. I always yellow. forget what it's supposed to be too. <laughs> uh, we do the same thing with uh, Splendor too. That's I don't. There's some kind of chocolates, all of them. But um, so while we're here, I, uh, Paul said, "Is there a game that Elf Creek passed on that ended up coming out and maybe you regret not picking up?" Not yet. <laughs> not yet. You just grab there, it. All. I mean, Paul, there, there's bound to be uh, something that we pass on that gets signed and released, and uh, but we, we really haven't had anything yet. Um, so the Paul that you're talking about, I'm assuming, is is Paul from Honeybuzz fame. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Honey Buzz was one of those games where at first we weren't 100% sure on, and then we found out that we played it wrong whenever <laughs> Brent and I played it. So really our buddy Miles uh, was like, hey, man, you need to play this the right way and then talk to Paul. And we played it the right way. We talked to Paul, and we were like, hey, man, we want to sign this game. And we ended up signing it in uh, – the rest is, is history. I mean, we've got an expansion. We're going, you know, we're pretty close to being sold out of our second printing, uh, where our third printing is going to happen pretty quick. So, yeah, Honey Buzz, uh, I would say almost was one of those, Paul, but uh, thank God that did not happen. <laughs> so, I like I like in Honey Buzz how, you know, you take your tile, you place your tile, but you don't do your you know, you're like big actions there. You can kind of set them up um, so that you can hit, you know, a bunch of them kind of at once. Right. But you like yeah, set them my, up uh, into your tableau. and. Yeah, my big thing with, with Honey Buzz, I like to call it delayed action selection. <laughs> uh, because you're picking up the tile and unless you close something off, you're not going to trigger that action quite yet. So... Yeah, you're like, um, I need this in a little bit, so I'm going to set right. it here, and I'll get back to it. And for me, normally, it's the market action is yeah. the one that I'm like, okay, I'm picking that up now, but I'm going to make sure I trigger it whenever I've been, you know, whenever I've gotten more nectar so I can make more honey to sell with that action, so. Plus, the art in that game is just like, I mean, I'd, I'd buy it for the art alone, but turns out it's a really good game, too. Yeah, and uh, and Heidseek did a fantastic job with Honey Buzz. Uh, she's also going to be doing uh, some more titles for us uh, in that Sweetwater Grove universe. So in the Honey Buzz universe. Um, but yeah, Anne's an amazing artist. Paul's an amazing designer. Uh, he did a great job with it. Um, and yeah, we couldn't be any happier. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, uh, while we're here, we might as well talk about uh, Paradox Initiative. And sure. It's, it's right there. But uh, how did you guys get all those, like, fantastic artists? That's just – it's just crazy to me looking at all the the great and unique, like, you know, everybody has their unique take. Yeah, so – uh, for the art for Par for the Paradox Initiative, uh, we had a uh, all star lineup. If if everybody uh, didn't know, uh, that did art for this game, 
we had a wish list of artists that we always have wanted to work work with, and this kind of was an easy way to work with them. Um, and then for some of the artists that we did not know personally or hadn't contacted, we actually uh, got some help from Vincent Dutre. Um, and he, he actually got us in touch with a few of the artists uh, that did some art for it. And uh, yeah, it, it felt like every time we were getting art, I was like a, a kid in a candy store, you know, a kid on Christmas morning whenever... I'd be able to look in our Slack and see what new art came out. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, it, it was hard, but not for me. And I always say that because Brent was the one in charge of getting, getting all the art done and giving art direction and whatnot. Uh, without him, we wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do any of that. Yeah. That, so, I mean, like you said, it's just like, oh, look at this. You know, this is the Miko. He's one of my favorite artists. Right. And it's like, oh, uh, freaking Cuttingtons. And oh, oh, it's, I don't know. Yeah, we, we, uh, I mean, all the artists did a great job. I think my favorite still is Mr. Cuttingtons. Um, you know, I mean, whenever you got a world with fruit people and they get attacked <laughs> by giant ice cream monster, you can't go wrong with that. So. Yeah, I, sh I showed that one to Heather. I'm like, oh my god, look at this. I'm like, no. like, She's like, yeah, that's cute. I'm like, no, zoom in and look at the little fruits. And they're like... Right. Yeah. Was... Look at the specifics about it. <laughs> yeah, the, the specifics are kind of what kind of throw me... What I really, really love. Um, that's... We were playing Wonderland's War the other day, and, and the board was out. And I'm like, just look at the little things that Manny put over here on the side that you know you might not even really notice but that's the kind of stuff that I, I really really like yeah that's one of the games that I uh, I backed for a dollar and then I regretted not backing it after the pledge manager closed uh, I got to play an early version of that about a month before the Kickstarter um, yeah it was a lot of fun I got to Ian taught it and uh, I got to play with Matt Paquette, who is the graphic designer for that project. Um, while we were hiding out in Canada playing board games before <laughs> COVID shut down everything. So, um, yeah, I had Ian on a couple weeks ago. We talked about how it was a couple years, year, year and a half before the Kickstarter. We like he showed us it, pulled us over at Origins, and like showed us kind of an overview. And he had a little bit of the art. And, you know, even a little bit of Manny's art in that Wonderlands. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to have this. And then yeah. uh, since he was in Ohio at the time, when it was on Kickstarter, he got to bring it down here, and we did a did a playthrough, and that was cool. But it was neat seeing it, like, you know, really early, a little bit farther in. And then I worked with uh, Skybound at the 2019 Gen Con, I think it was. And they had kind of a pre-production copy there, so I got to see the pre-production copy, and then finally getting that, you know, that that cool copy. Right. Yeah. It's that's something that um, that you really don't kind of think about. You always think about like how the game progresses, but a lot of people don't think about how the art progresses because if you're seeing a copy before the Kickstarter, most of the time you're going to be seeing 
a uh, version of the game that is not fully illustrated. You know, with with us with Honeybuzz, we had a few pieces of the art whenever we had it at Origins 2019 and Gen Con 2019, uh, and even at Essen 2019 for the five minutes we had it on, you know, on the the, the table. Um, you know, and then for Atlantis Rising, we had really the most of the art that we had. Um, we had the art for the tiles. And what we did was on the early prototypes, we actually would glue the art, the new art, onto the tiles from the first edition. <laughs> that way we would have the updated art whenever people were demoing it. Um, you know, and then we had like one or two of the uh, counselor, uh, the counselors illustrated. So, um so yeah, you you see the progress from like when you first start the the prototyping until the end of the game, you know, until people have the game and they're playing and loving it. Um, it's it's really an exciting an exciting part of the process, uh, not just the game development but uh, the art development as well. Yeah, I remember. Uh... I think it was I think it was Origins 2019. Is either Origins or Gen Con in 2019 when uh you you and AJ I think both showed me like one of those pages of of Honeybuzz art and I was like, "Oh man, like I think it was Gen Con because I was like Heather is going to love this cuz she wasn't there at at that Gen Con. I was like I'm I have to get this. She's going to love this." But yeah, like you said, you know, and it was kind of sketches with maybe a little bit of color and it's neat, like you said, to see, to see them go from that to, you know, what's back there. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's something that until, like, if you're part of a des- the life of a design, uh, even as a fan, you know, that's just something that, that just... It, it takes your breath away. I'm trying not to sound like, you know, <laughs> sound like I'm going to start singing from songs from Top Gun, but um, it really does. And that's one of the good things. I, I would say that's one of the different things between video games and board games that I appreciate the most on the board game side is uh, the tactile feel and also being able to hold a piece of art and look at it really closely. Uh, you can, you know, you can zoom in in video games, uh, but there's just something about actually holding that, like holding that card, you know, uh, or in honey buzz, looking at that market board and the nectar fields, you know, and seeing how that turned out. It was it's just amazing. Yeah, and uh, uh, speaking of uh, Gen Con 2019, I think that's the first time we actually, I think we met, like, um, you know, quickly, you know, briefly at uh, Origins. and But uh, that Gen Con, we got to play, and I had to bring this up, but we were sitting beside each other. I bought a copy of Medium, and we got to play it that night. And I think me and you had me and you had one of those moments where we just clicked. Yeah. And it was, I, I still remember that. 
And we still lost horribly. Yeah, I remember probably. who we were playing to. Because <laughs> AJ was part of that and Daniel Rocky, uh, yep. the designer of Artemis Project. And it was at a board game spotlight event. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I I met you at Origins 2019. Um, yeah, because I talked I, to AJ and, and stuff to yeah. Eric. And... Yep. Yeah, and it was basically AJ was like, hey, you want to play a game with Josh? And I said, who? <laughs> like you'll like him just sit down <laughs> uh and i think we ended up playing century it was when the third century game came yeah, out. yeah yeah century new, new world. world we played that and i got my butt kicked which i normally do in every <laughs> board game that i play uh, especially games that i design or develop um and yeah that was that was really cool and then yeah 2019 playing playing medium at gen con that was i mean that was where um i met chad from uh, 25th century the first time because he was at that same event kind of going around yep. i think he was talking about winter winter chicken dinner at the time but uh yeah i remember me and you getting that that click in medium which is what makes that game so good anyway right is when you finally get that click and you're just like yes yeah, but um, I had to bring that up. I had to bring that up, and um, oh yeah, you know we got to spend a little time when we all went out to the gamers ranch, play some games together finally, and that's where, you know, I, I backed Merchants because you know I I loved your guys' stuff. It looked awesome, and finally got to play that pre-production copy you had out there and see you know the pieces and stuff, and it was just so good and. And I was so excited when I got it in, and it, and you know it's it's a fantastic game. I I, I love it. Thanks, Josh. That was uh, yeah. That game is uh, is fantastic. Uh, another one that I lose every time I play it, even when <laughs> I play it solo. I mean, I like um, it so much. When we went to, I got to remember where it was. Where were you guys selling? Was it Gen Con when you were selling? X. Packs. Yeah, Some was the the first show that we had merchants at. Um, it was uh, Chesney's birthday, and Heather's like, "We need to get Chesney something for his birthday," and I'm like, "I know what I'm getting." So I came over, and it was before I even got my copy, and I was like, "I can't believe I'm giving Ches this copy when I haven't even got mine yet." But I bought a I bought a full copy and like gave it to Ches for his birthday. Oh, that's sweet. Because I'm like, this is this is a great game. You have to play it. You'll like it. And you know the the art's fantastic. And yeah, yeah. Andrew and Matt did a great job with the art. Um, I remember whenever I played that game uh, for the first time. Uh, and actually, Paul uh, was there. Uh, Brent and I met Paul and Brian uh, over at Pieces, which is a board game cafe in St. Louis. And it was before we had signed either game, and we played, uh, we played Merchants first, and it, it was called Brian's Merchant Game because Brian <laughs> loves how he names games. Uh, it's very straightforward. Um, and Brent had played it at Geekway the weekend before, and he said, "I really like this game, and I want to sign it, but Mike needs to play it first. So I played it, and it was Memorial Day weekend. 2018 and when i played it i uh 
I said, Brian, I haven't talked to Brent about this, but I want to sign this game. <laughs> and both of them just started cracking up because I had no idea that they had that conversation last week. And I was like, well, what's going on? And Brent's like, yeah, that's exactly what I said at Geekway. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was – that was the first time I played it. I still lost miserably. Um, so but yeah, it was. I'm with you. I think I lose, like especially my favorite games. I think I lose them every time. Like Pal- Paladins of the West Kingdom is oh. one of my favorite games of all time. I love that game. I I don't think I've ever won it. Yeah, I mean, you lost it at the ranch to three people <laughs> that you taught it to. So. Yeah, I lost it at our 24 hour marathon to Ian. I think. Um, and I think Ian and Heather both beat me there, but you know what? I still like the game. Right. I guess that that's that shows that it's a good game when I haven't won it yet, but I still love it. Yeah, I uh, I actually on the way back from the ranch, I bought a copy of Paladins. I stopped by Miniature Market and bought a copy. <laughs> I must have um, taught it well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of weird with with the uh, Shims games. I've only bought three of them. Um, but the one that I've kept, so I have everything Raiders of the North Sea. And I've got Paladins, the big box, and the first expansion. Um, but yeah, it's it's really weird that the middle game is the game that I like the most out of each of those two trilogies. <laughs> Which, hey, with uh, Star Wars, my favorite Star Wars film out of the original three... Empire Strikes Back, which is the well, middle one. I, I don't say, know that's, what that's the deal is. The best, though. Well, it is. I mean, it is the <laughs> best. Let's be honest. Uh, out of all nine or ten, if I'll, I'll allow somebody to count Rogue One. So, out of the ten Star Wars movies, Empire is definitely the best. And I think part of it is because you want to see the good guy get beat up because yeah. they gotta they gotta get kicked down. Or get their hand chopped off before they can rise up. So, well, let's get that some doesn't con- happen in board games, though. <laughs> let's get some controversial stuff. Then, what are your thoughts on uh, Last Jedi? Eh. Ah, see, Last Jedi for me is like top three. I wouldn't go that far. Um, a lot, a lot of the things that people hated about it is what I liked. It's like. Everybody's like, oh, well, you know, anybody can be a Jedi. And I'm like, yeah, that's what that's what I liked about it is, like, you didn't have to be, like, super special. And then they got rid of all of it when they did not the last one anyway. But I don't know. I, I, I really liked Last Jedi. It wasn't bad. I mean. I mean, there was, there was, there were some things in it that was like, eh. But the overall, like, you know, when, when he's like, you're nothing. And I'm like, yes, anybody, anybody can be special. And then they're like, oh no, she wasn't nothing. She was, she was part she, of his legacy. She was a Palpatine. <laughs> For wait, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the spoiler ban's gone on that one. It should have been. Um. All right. So you want to get to this uh, top five? See what Let's we pull out of here. Now it's funny because I had mostly like board game. Uh, um, mechanics in here but then I decided to put some other stuff in just to see you know what would pop up like books and albums and like snack foods 
And then it seemed like I pulled out books and albums and snack and like none of the mechanics. Like, so, oh, this is gonna be rough for you, but uh, Uh-oh. top five designers. Man, that ain't cool. <laughs> That's what I said. I pulled it out and I'm like, oh, this ain't, ain't gonna be great. But I mean, just like designers' games that you you know you love to play. Yeah. Um, and we'll go we'll go back and forth. No, okay. I gotta think about it though. So do we want to make like an actual list? Like uh, no, they don't. They don't even have to be in order. It could just be like five of your top designers. Okay. Did I lose you? No, I'm still oh, here. I'm still, just the, I'm just thinking. thinking. <laughs> just thinking. I'll right. go first if you want to. No, I got it. I okay. got this. Um, so one of them, I, I'll just get the easy one out of the way. One of them is Vital Lacerda. Oh, um, yeah. I I really enjoy all of his games. Um, I'm bad at all those games, as you can tell from just the 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 running of I'm horrible at board games. Um, so I would say he's number five. Well, not number five. He's one of the five. Yeah, um, I'll I'll agree with you without without putting him on my five. I'll agree with you just because, um, what did I play? I think on Mars was actually the first Lacerda I played, and oh, I wow. was like, this game is really really good. I love this. Yeah. I want to play it again. And then I played Kanban, and I'm like, or Kanban, whichever way you. Want. Hey, you know what? You live up to the whole Midwest feel, man. You well, call see, it see, I you, I work I work in a factory, and we have a Kanban. Like that's one of our departments, and everybody calls right. it Kanban. So that's where I, um, you know, it's Kanban to me. But, but, um, I still think overall I like On Mars better. But, uh, Kanban, we actually have the Kanban EV, but Kanban EV was like really really good too and i'm like oh man i love this game too and like now i'm like i want to play every lacerda yeah all right so uh the first one i'll throw out there we just talked about them shim okay because uh love raiders um i actually i'm one of the people aj always yells at me about this you know speaking of aj again but I'm one of the ones that actually like Architects more um, than Raiders. But I, lo- I still love Raiders. And then Paladins is one of my top five games of of all time, I think. And yes. Then, oh, I know Hadrian's first... Wall is... I think that's more of a Bobby Hill, and he kind of helped develop, but it's still in that, that kind of area. Right. Yeah, my first uh, Kickstarter that I backed was uh, Raiders. Yeah, we have um, we got the playmat. Actually, I can see the playmat right now. It's on top of all of our playmats. But we also have the uh, Switch version. Heather and I play the Switch version together sometimes. And sweet. Oh wait, that means I'm next. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next, uh, I'm actually going to take a design team. Uh, Virginio, I'm going to butcher the last name, 
Gigli, Gigli, uh, and Simone Luciani. Uh, so the design team behind Grand Austria Hotel, um, which is one of my favorite games. They also were uh, part of the design team behind Gollum, which is kind of a spiritual successor. Uh, yeah, see, that. speaking of the Gamer's Ranch we talked about earlier, I watched you guys play Gollum at Gamer's Ranch, but I didn't get a chance to. And now everybody's talking about it. I'm like, crap, I wish I would have, you know, played well, that out there and paid a little more attention. Josh. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of that design team. Um, ah, crap, that means i got to go again. Um, you know what? I just yeah. had him on, and... It may seem like, you know, I don't know, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ian Moss. Um, he hasn't had a whole lot of games yet, but uh, Dulasaur Island is one of my favorite two-player games, okay. and Wonderland's War is is great. Like that's you know one of our favorite games now, um, and I've also got to play test like one of his next games that's coming out. Can't say a whole lot about it, but. Um, played a couple different iterations of it and it's it's really really good too so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him in there all right he'll probably yell at me himself for doing that but it's okay I uh, <laughs> I actually saw Ian a couple weeks ago at uh, the gathering uh, first time I had seen him in a while yeah, yeah see he moved good. out of Ohio and moved to Texas so I don't hardly get to I see know, him man. anymore. bunch of bunch of jerks moving from Ohio <laughs> Um, so, okay. Number three, um, hmm. man, it's getting tough. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say it really because I really enjoy these two games. Uh, Luke Laurie, um, especially on the backs of Dwellings of Elder Vale and uh, Manhattan Project Energy Empire. Uh, really big fan of those two games. Uh, enjoyed Cryo whenever I whenever I played it as well. Uh, really looking forward to what he's got coming up next with uh, Cardboard Alchemy. I don't remember the name of it, uh, but it's some, some space game, and I'm really excited to see how that turns out. All right, I am going to uh, take a page out of your book and kind of go with a a duo oh. that kind of designed together, and that's okay. uh, Ben Pinchback and Matt Riddle. Oh, there you go. Um, between like Fleet the Dice Game, Three Sisters, and you know, uh, I'm I have to say I'm really really sad. The uh, The Legends of Sleepy Hollow. I backed that game and I was in with it for like a long, long time. And eventually I was like, I don't think this game's going to get made just because they had problems with, you know, one of their uh, developers and everything, everything went crazy. And I backed out like the last possible moment you could back out. And now everybody's getting it. And like everybody that I've seen that's got it is like, this game's really, really good. And I'm like, dang it. But um, even just for the roll and rights alone, uh, Three Sisters is fantastic. Uh, Fleet the Dice Games, one of my favorite, you know, roll and rights of all time. 
and then their new one it looks looks fantastic also have you uh have you played fleet or fleet arctic bounty no i haven't i haven't played the the normal fleet but i've heard it's i almost i almost bought that because i was trying to buy fleet the dice game at i think it was origins 2019 and i like grabbed fleet instead and i'm like hey i want this game and they're like hey you know we have the dice game too and i'm like oh this isn't the dice game crap so i went and switched it for the <laughs> dice game but yeah and that fleet actually was one of the first games that i bought and um the way that you pay for car or for different cards by discarding cards uh, is kind of one of the one of the inspirations behind End of the Trail, which is our first uh, our first game. Oh yeah, I have, I have uh, End of the Trail I've, I've right there. I talked to about that. So, <laughs> oh. oh man, this means I'm up again. <laughs> um, and the, the while while you're thinking, I'll say the the, the first person I had on uh, on the show when I first kind of started it up was. Uh, Dan Patrice, which, you know, he was one of the, the people who was on a podcast that I listened to, kind of started talking about some of these games that I ended up going out looking for. Um, he's good friends with Ben and Matt, so um, hopefully I'll have them on the show sometime in the near future. Geek All-Stars, huh? Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, all right. I'm going to... I'm going to go out on a limb just looking at all the games I have. <laughs> That's what I, I keep looking around like, all right, what uh, else do I have around here? But on the strength of one game, well, two two games that I own. I'm going to say Wolfgang Warsh. Oh, I didn't even uh, think of that, but yes, definitely. Wax is probably my number two or three game, probably my number three game of all time. Uh, and uh, Taverns, have, of, Taverns of Tiefenthal is like so good. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't pronounce that without sounding like a complete jerk and moron. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it uh, because just, yeah, not going to do it. But Taverns is a great game as well. So, so good. Uh, I really want to play the Alchemist expansion for Quacks. I have it, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, see, I don't have it yet. I got the Herb Witches. I don't have the Alchemist. I actually, I actually imported it during the uh, during the pandemic. I just haven't gotten gotten it to the table. And I want that um, big box. Don't they have a big box now too? They they do. Oh. Which I'll be happy whenever that's in the states. <laughs> so. I need that. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but I mean, he's he's another one where um I have uh one of the clever games. I think it's uh I think it's the third one. I have it on my phone and that's just uh you know, got a little extra time, kind of bored. I either throw on Splendor or the clever game. I think it's the See, that's why I think it's the third. That's one. what Ascension is for me. <laughs> Or Star Realms. I got yeah, I have Star Realms on there too. I do that sometimes. Um now man, I got I got two here left that I kinda wanna say, but there was another one. Oh. 
All right. I might have an honorable mention at the end. Me too. <laughs> but I'm going to have to go with, uh, you talked about him earlier, Uwe. Um, Caverna is in my top five of all time. And I'm sure when I play A Feast for Odin, it'll probably, you know, be right around, either take that spot or be, be fairly close. But I'm a big worker placement fan, which, uh, you know, I got Shem... I got uh, Uve on here, but but yeah, um, Caverna was. I, I, we played it a couple different times here. We had a group that came over every week and we played games, and I just I just love that game. It's it's so good. Yeah, Caverna Caverna's good. Uh, like I said, there's he's got so many titles. You know, yeah, uh, Lahav, Boyang, Feast for Odin. Uh, another one that doesn't get as much love that should is Aura at Labora. It's a beautiful game. Um, and then all of his tile placement games. I like New York Zoo out of all of those the most. Yeah, I, I, we've played that, and, and Link plays that with us. He loves it too. So Yeah. It's something that's kind of a, a simple, easy teach, but right. you can still get like some good strategy in there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is not my honorable mention. <laughs> so the last one in my top five has to be Vladimir Suhi. Uh, he of Shipyard and Last Will and the Prodigals Club, Pulsar 2849, and then he starts his own company, and he opens up the releases for that company with Underwater Cities. I mean, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, but, I mean, Underwater Cities in Praga, I, I played Messina. I, I liked it. Uh, I, I love Praga. But, yeah, his, his design portfolio... The games I've played of that of his design portfolio are great. Praga that that board too with the, you know the the yes. rondel and then the the other I don't know it's just you got the like kind of the stage kind of where you have the steps going up and the cathedral. Oh yeah, that game yeah. is so good. I played that with uh, Simon Mouncy and I don't remember who else played it with us on. Uh, like TTS or one of those. And it was an actual, it was a really, really good implementation on there. Like everything kind of worked out good. And I'm like, I have to buy this. And I bought it and Heather and I played it and it's, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. All right. So I'll go into my last one before my honorable mentions too, I guess. And, um, Steffenfeld. Ah, I mean, Steve, Castles... you went, you went <laughs> like old school. Well, I mean, Castles that. of Burgundy is another one that's like in my top three, four, somewhere, somewhere real close to there. I just love. I mean, I think Heather just backed the deluxe that they're putting out. Ah, yeah. Um, Heather backed that for me just because she knows how much I love that game, and it's just. I don't know. It's just so good. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, Aquasphere is one of my favorites, not just because of the sentimental, you know, part of it, but yeah. um, also we, whenever we talk about with Elf Creek, whenever we talk about the heavy, like the complexity of our heavy games, we say we want Castles of Burgundy and not Trajan. <laughs> Where Trajan is probably my favorite film, but another one that I really enjoyed that came out a couple of years ago. I really enjoyed uh, Castles of Tuscany. Yeah. Um, just because it's super streamlined, you can get a game of it done probably in about 40 minutes with four players, 45 minutes to an hour tops. Uh, but yeah, good choices, Josh. <laughs> good choices all, right. all around. All right, so all let's right, hit so your... Uh, I'm going to one, one or two. My, uh, my honorable mentions. Yeah, one or two honorable mentions, or three, whatever, uh, whatever you got. Let's see. Two. I want to do three. <laughs> so one of them is. Um, I'm gonna do four. I'm gonna. I'm gonna really just <laughs> blow this out of the water. Hit it, man! Hit it. One is Keith Mateka from Thunderworks. Um, I just love what he does. Uh, probably my favorite game that he's done is, uh, oh my gosh, what is the name of that? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, it's uh, Skulk Hollow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She did a fantastic job uh, with that game. And then they have Mole Peak as well that's coming out. I've really enjoyed playing role player. Uh, Want to play role player adventures? If AJ's still listening, <laughs> um, but yeah, Keith is awesome. I'm not gonna yeah, see, name anybody a, on your list. That's another one uh, role players that I haven't got to play. That it's 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 right there, and I want to play it. And I played cartographers, and you know, in in that kind of world, love cartographers. And Heather, when she the last time she went to Minnesota, they she didn't get to play it, but she kind of looked through the the role player adventures and was like, "This looks awesome." And I'm like, "I know, I want to get into that world." Yeah, and he's done a great job of cultivating that world. Um, and also, you know, now he's got um, for the company for Thunderworks. Now they've got you know Tenpenny Park, which ton of people are loving. Um, yeah, I've heard really good things about that. Cape May. Uh, also, AJ, if you're listening, we need to play Tenpenny Park. Uh, another one that I'm going to say uh, is Danielle Tassini. Yeah. Zolkin, Teotihuacan, Voyages of Marco Polo. And the last two, one is uh, Matthias Kramer of Glenmore. Lancaster. My favorite that he did was a co-design that he did with uh, uh, the Mets uh, the father-son duo, which is Rococo. Oh, yeah, I love Rococo. My God. And then the last one is Steve Finn. Um, Biblios is one of those games that I could play all day and not get tired of it and then also uh sunset over water or beige herbaceous and the one that 
the new one, which I'm drawing a blank on the name. It's uh, Flowers. Um, so Flowers? Yes, there you go. I was yeah. waiting for you to say it, so I didn't say it wrong. <laughs> um, but those games are great. Really, I want to say, like, if I wanted to pick a publisher out of this, like, Pencil First, man. They, Ed, Ed just does a great job with his company. Um, just looking looking at the different titles. But, like, whenever he started working with Steve Finn on uh, Herbaceous, just be stuck with it and that's great all right so that means it's up to me um man i was looking for this game so i don't butcher his last name but you can you can help me out emerson matsuki matsuchi matsuchi okay foundations of rome yeah, Foundations of Rome is the new games. kind of the new hotness, and then all the the century games are all fantastic. Yeah, and I met him. I think it was that Origins twenty nineteen again. That, I mean, that was yep. the big the big kind of year for everything. Um, I got to meet him when I bought uh, the New World, and mm-hmm. um, super nice guy. And uh, yeah, everything everything he's everything I've played of his has been has been really really good so far. Yeah, Emerson, yeah, like you said, he's a super cool guy. Uh, I, I think I met him at 2018 whenever uh, – it wasn't a New World, the second one, Eastern Wonders yeah. came out is when I met him. Um, or it was – no, that was at 2019. It was 2019 when I met him. But, but uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Spice Road is still one of my – you know, it's still one of my favorite favorite games of all time. It's like, you know, like we talked about earlier, Quick Teach – but you know, lots of depth, and I just, I just love that game. Yeah. Um, my second one. Um, again, I, I, I hate sounding like, oh, it's it's these guys I've had on my show, but John Gilmore. Um, oh. the reason the reason I've had these people on my show is because I love their stuff. Yeah. Um, but you get Dead of Winter, you get Dinosaur Island, and then I mean, there's a million other things. Um. Uh, I think I have Antiquity Quest right here, but um, you know, even he said last week he'd he'd rather develop games than actually design them. He he likes the development part more, but um, you know, a lot of his designs slash co designs are like you know some of my favorite games. Yeah, I um, played Dinosaur uh, Island for the first time whenever I was on the Dice Tower cruise this year, and. That was amazing. It <laughs> yeah, was... it's. I mean, it's it's like you said with uh, Mergens. It's kind of a table hog. It's it's big. It's going to be you know. It's all over, but it's worth it. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that's and we we got to uh, play test a lot of the games um, that when he was at play or when he was at not Plaid Hat. I was looking at Dead of Winter over there for Plaid Hat, but uh, when he was at Pandasaurus. Um, we were kind of in a play test group there, so we got to play test, you know, s- some of the games that he helped develop and, um, you know, designing games really good. Some of the games he's developed has been really good that I've liked. So, yeah. Um, there was one more. Oh man. I'm kind of looking around to see. 
I think I think the last one I'm gonna have. I'm sure there's more that I'm just not seeing. But uh the last ones I can think of right now is kind of another team. And you talked about them earlier. Oh, oh wrong hand. Um, right here. And that's uh, Josh and Adam Carlson and Josh Wegless. Got to throw him in there too, Gilly. But, um, yeah, Too Many Bones, um, Cloud Spire. I have a full full thing of Cloud Spire over there too. But Too Many Bones is, you know, right there between Too Many Bones and Gloomhaven. Those are my, my, my I just call them my co-number one games of all time. Um, you can't go wrong with those. I, yeah, I don't know how much, how many times I've played too many bones, how many different ways solo with, with my friends. Um, Heather said, "Don't give Gilly any credit," but yeah, you got to give him some. <laughs> um, but yeah, even um, and then when Cloudspire came out, um, that's it's such a good two-player game and like such a good solo game. It's probably probably my favorite game to play solo. Uh, Hadrian's Wall that came out is is kind of pushing that. So, you know, Hadrian's Wall is a little easier to kind of get out and play. But as far as, like, sitting down, reading the story, and going through, like, the solo scenarios and stuff on Cloudspire, it's it's so good. But, yeah, that's uh, that would be my, my three honorable mentions. Like I said, I'm sure I have more. I'm looking at Azul over there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, neither one of us said Kramer or Keesling. Yeah, Keesling's. Um, I just, I just bought Heather the new Azul for our anniversary. Our anniversary is actually today, but um. Oh, wow. happy anniversary, Josh! Yeah, it's May the fourth, so it's easier for me to remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Keesling's like, I mean, Azul's probably one of my favorite abstract games. It's, it's again another one of those ones that's fairly easy to teach, but still gives you that depth that but anyway yeah so I'll, I'll go ahead and throw throw them in for my uh for my final final one but yeah cool. so that was a i think that was a pretty good top five from both of us yeah i have them kind of written down here just in case but uh so i think that's gonna about do it for tonight uh mike thanks for coming and hanging out with us Hey, no, uh, no problem. Thanks for the invite. Um, you can see on the screen that we had going up. Um, you can find them at at Facebook at Elf Creek Games, Twitter at Elf Creek Games. Yep, we're um, on Instagram too. Instagram yeah, Elf, Elf Creek, Creek Games. Games. Uh, anything you want to promote, kick out, you know, that you got going on right now? I know we just finished some sure. stuff. Yeah, so uh, currently we've got late pledges open for uh, Honey Buzz Fall Flavors in GameFound. Um, so if you're interested in that, go ahead and take a look. Um, we're also going to be launching late pledges for uh, for the Paradox Initiative sometime soon. And then if you guys see me at a convention, just stop by our booth. Come say hi. Uh, we'll be at Geekway to the West and Unpub in May, and then Origins in June. So uh, that's the next ones that we've got coming up. Yeah, I'll definitely see you at Origins. Like I said, it might not be till Friday night, but uh, I'll be down. Heather will be there all weekend. So There you go. Oh, I just smashed my drink into the, the microphone. That's good. 
It happens, bud. <laughs> um, let me see. Um, so I just wanted to say the next couple weeks are going to be kind of uh, fluid. Uh, Link started Little League tonight, so he had his first game. Um, so I'm working on some scheduling issues between Little League and, and everything else. So not exactly sure when we'll be back and who we'll have on, but if you keep an eye out on the Molten Meeple Tabletop group, um, we'll post it there or the Molten Meeple page on Facebook. Um, but again, we want to thanks, thank Mike for coming out. Um, it was great to hang out with you again. Yeah, man. Can't wait till we get to play some more games at uh, conventions or, you know, we talked about getting together if since uh, Heather and I don't get to do the Gamers Ranch this year, maybe, you know, meeting up with you and AJ, maybe even that Derek guy or something somewhere yeah. in, halfway in between and hanging out. But uh, everybody else can make that work. Oh, yeah, I think we can. I think we can do that somewhere. It, I mean, it's what, five hours between us, so a couple hours a piece. We're good to go. Yeah, it's not that far. Um, but I want to thank everybody else for coming out. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, you can listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, most of your podcatchers. Um, you can find it on there. So look for Journeys to Board Gaming. And um, this is our eighth episode with Mike Henson. We have a bunch of other ones to check out and hopefully a bunch more coming at you. So thanks, everybody, for hanging out, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>